Hey, welcome back to the Killer Kind Podcast. It's your host, Stephanie Miller, as always. I hope you're all doing well out there. I wanted to thank everyone who helped answer some poll questions over on the podcast Instagram page. Like I said in last week's episode, I just want to hear from you guys. So thank you so much. If you don't follow the podcast on Instagram, I highly recommend it. It's at killer.kind.pod. That's where you'll find the latest updates and information on the podcast. So let's talk about today's case. Today is going to be a crazy one. I remember seeing it in the news when it was happening. And then I think Oxygen or maybe I saw it on 2020. um, They did a special on this case. And I'm sure some of you have heard about it too. Today, we'll be discussing a murder for hire. It's definitely different than what I normally cover, but I really think that you guys will enjoy this one. So let's just go ahead and dive into the story of Mike and Dahlia DiPolito. Dahlia DiPolito was born Dahlia Muhammad on October 18, 1982 in New York City. She was the firstborn child in the family, but her parents would later add a sister and brother to the family as well. When she was 13 years old, her family moved to Boynton Beach, Florida, and when she was 18 years old, her mother, Rhonda, filed for divorce, alleging in court documents that Dahlia's father had a girlfriend on the side. Her dad would eventually move to Maine while Rhonda and the children remained in Boynton Beach. Now, At some point in Dahlia's life, before everything we'll get into today, Dahlia gets engaged to her then-boyfriend. The two move out to California, and she works in like a massage tanning salon, not quite clear what the business was. Um, A friend of hers would later tell investigators that she took his ring, took some money, and divorced him. I don't know much else about this guy or that relationship in general, but I did want to let you know that she had been married previously, and seemingly took his money and left. (laughs) Moving on. So by 2006, Dahlia is back in Florida. She winds up getting her real estate license and her life from there until 2008 was a little foggy, nothing definitive. However, we do know that at some point in the late summer of 2008, Dahlia was working as an escort near Boca Raton, Florida. This is when she meets Mike DiPolito. So, Who is this Mike guy? Mike was a piece of work on his own. In 2001, Mike set up or started two companies, MAD Financial and CTU Inc., and began cold calling strangers as far away as Ohio, Illinois, and California. He would persuade these people to invest in foreign currency. I won't get into all the technicalities because I wasn't quite sure what was going on here, but as an example, and to kind of give you somewhat of an idea, He calls some guy from Ohio, and this guy thought the business opportunity sounded tempting. Now, if he invested $20,000, he could earn a profit of $7,000 or $8,000 in just a few months. This man was one of at least a dozen customers who wired money to Mike's corporate bank account. Some sent $16,000, and one even sent $25,000. Soon after, though, this Ohio man realized it was a massive scam. He calls MAD Financial where he never heard back, and his profits obviously never materialized. So Mike was just blowing strangers' money, right? He would splurge on hotel rooms, clothes, and jewelry. He spent over six grand on a pay-by-the-minute chat room, including psychic and phone sex hotlines. 
And if you were to see this guy, I don't think you'd be too surprised. He's definitely the Jersey Shore, super tan, gelled hair, big muscles. You know the type that I'm talking about. In March 2002, Mike was arrested and pleaded guilty to the charges of organized fraud, grand theft, and unlicensed telemarketing. And he was sentenced to two years in state prison. Now, friends and family said his time spent in prison really changed his life and he had turned over a new leaf once he got out. In July 2007, he started an online marketing company called Mad Media and he used a portion of his income to pay back his victims, which he legally had to make monthly restitution payments to his victims and he will remain on probation until 2032. So, moving on a little bit. Mike marries a woman by the name of Maria in 2007. She said he was a great husband. She said he always made sure other people were happy before he was happy. But unfortunately, Mike still managed to be a little shady despite his seemingly happy marriage and life. There was some speculation that his marketing business wasn't legit. He claimed to earn $87,000 a year, but according to court documents, no legitimate income could be accounted for. Now, at some point in the fall of 2008, while his wife was on a trip, Mike called an escort to his office. And that woman, of course, was Dahlia Muhammad. The two immediately hit it off and began dating. In a police interview later, he said that they were on a pretty fast-track relationship and really were getting along great at first. This obviously came as a shock, however, to his current wife, Maria. She said that when she returned from her out-of-town trip, Mike had told her that he was moving out and wanted a divorce. This was just a few days after Mike and Dahlia met. But by the end of January 2009, Maria and Mike were divorced, and he marries Dahlia just five days later at the Palm Beach County Courthouse. Mike had bought a $225,000 townhome in Boynton Beach, which Mike paid for in cash. Now, supposedly, Dahlia was working for the real estate company that sold him the townhouse, so there's that. But, and speaking of that, Dahlia's whole work life was just very confusing to me. I mean, I'm guessing she was working as an escort to make more money than she could go going through real estate, especially at first. So, I don't know if those just overlapped or she was doing both for different reasons, and we'll get into that a little bit later, which is likely the case. But, anyways, moving on. So after the two moved in together into their new home and they start to get settled down, they got into like a normal day-to-day routine. Mike would wake up pretty early to go to the gym, but Dahlia would wake up in time to give him his steroid injection before he left. He would go to work and she would take care of the house and go shopping. She told a friend of hers that Mike was a recovering crack addict and a recovering alcoholic. So he needed routines like this to stay on track. I couldn't find any court documents to confirm the actual addictions that he had, but he definitely had a rough background. When he was just 22 in 1993, he was arrested in Philadelphia for possession and intent to deliver drugs. He probably did need a good routine to keep him from going back down that path, but I mean, he was still doing steroids, but pick your battles, okay? (laughs) Anyways, Dahlia had a little bit of a bad history herself. Supposedly, she used to seduce men in order to rob them. So, both Mike and Dahlia were obviously a little money hungry and not afraid to take drastic measures to get what they wanted. But, 
The newlyweds settle into their new life together. They were definitely this hot couple. They cared a lot about their appearance, more so Mike than Dahlia. But the two are very affectionate towards each other. Some people said it even made them uncomfortable because they were so overly affectionate and showed so much PDA in public or in social settings. The couple also loved reality TV. I'm sure it was like the Jersey Shore (laughs) or something like that. And one of their goals was to actually be on TV one day. But everything seemed normal. Everything was going great. Nothing too far out of the ordinary with these two. Or so it seemed. So like I mentioned, Mike was still on probation at the time he married Dahlia. So he had regular check-ins and whatnot from his probation officer. But he's never really had a problem before. It was fairly quiet, so he hardly ever had to really think about it. However, after he and Dahlia got together, things started happening. About a month and a half after they got married, there was a knock at the door from Michael's probation officer, which wasn't too abnormal, but this time they wanted to search his house. That had never happened before. There was a little confusion about it, obviously. Not that big of a deal, but Mike was just asking, you know, what's going on? You know, why are you all of a sudden randomly searching my home when you know you don't have a reason to. But he never received an answer, and the officers never found anything. Luckily for Mike, because it was suggested they would have found something. So this was definitely more like a raid on Mike's house, which was very odd for somebody who has never violated their probation. Not long after that, police stop Mike while he's out, and they tell him they received an anonymous tip that he was dealing drugs out of his car. So... They search his car this time. Again, they found nothing. So, at this point, Mike's getting suspicious that somebody is out to get him. But that wasn't the last time that he had been stopped or searched. His car gets searched one more time, and this time they do find a small bag of cocaine tucked into his spare tire. Somehow, he talks his way out of getting arrested. He pretty much tells them, The cocaine is not his. It had to have been planted or something and kind of alluded to the fact that he thinks somebody's after him and planting stuff like this on him. So he gets away with it. Now, when his car gets searched, Dahlia is with him this time. And when they pull off, he starts questioning her. Because while the car was being searched, she showed no emotion. She wasn't trying to defend him at all. She didn't even have his back in any way. So... She definitely seemed suspicious, but when he confronted her about it, she immediately jumps into defense mode. She's like, how could you accuse me of doing something like this? How dare you even say that? You know, blah, blah, blah. And on April 2nd at around 8 a.m., a neighbor calls the Boynton Beach police complaining that a dealer and his girlfriend were having a domestic dispute. And when cops arrived, Mike admitted they were arguing about money. So at this point, I'm wondering if you kind of started to put the pieces together a little bit, or if you have a little idea in your head. (laughs) If you haven't, let me go ahead and fill you in. So, Dahlia DiPolito is definitely someone you would consider a con artist. Like I mentioned earlier, she had been known to seduce men in order to rob them. She knew how to use her sex appeal to get what she wanted, and Mike was honestly just her next victim. Supposedly, her plan the night Mike called her escort service, she planned to just rob him like she did all the others. I would like to believe that she genuinely developed feelings for Mike, but it was just one month after the two got married 
that she allegedly started calling the police in order to get him sent back to prison. So, I'm guessing she wanted to take her robbery scheme to a whole new level once she met Mike and was able to see how much money he supposedly had. Because it was also very early on in their marriage that Dahlia reaches out to an ex-boyfriend, also named Mike, and she convinces him to call her husband and pretend to be a lawyer. And she wanted him to have Mike DiBolito sign his house over to Dahlia because that was somehow going to help him get off probation earlier. Not exactly sure why Mike believes that, but he does and quickly signs over his house to Dahlia. This townhome is considered the two of theirs already, but Mike bought it before they were officially married, so it's in his name. So that happens. Dahlia receives the house, and it's after this that she starts plotting how to get rid of Mike so she can sell the house to make money. So that's when she starts the anonymous phone calls to police to get him thrown back in jail. But those attempts didn't work. And she's realizing that Mike is starting to become suspicious of her in all of these phone calls and whatnot to police. So she knows that she needs to kind of throw Mike off her scent (laughs) in a way. And she comes up with the story that she is pregnant. He fully believes it and is just over the moon excited. And it's around this time that she learns that even if Mike gets thrown back in prison, Legally, she can't sell the house without his permission. And this is when she decides that she is going to have to kill Mike in order to get what she wants. Dahlia decides she's going to poison Mike by putting antifreeze in his Starbucks that they both love to drink all the time. So she goes to get them both a drink from Starbucks. She slips some antifreeze in there and gives it to him. He takes one sip and then spits out most of it, complaining about how nasty it was, and he throws it away. So at this point, Dahlia's like, this isn't working. Maybe I can't do this by myself. Maybe I need to hire a professional. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) So Dahlia reaches out to another former boyfriend named Muhammad Shahade, and, and the two meet up. Dahlia tells him that she is looking for someone to kill her husband, She asks if he knows anyone or anyone that would be willing to do this. And Muhammad questions her about why she would even want to do this in the first place and why didn't she just divorce him. And she supposedly said that he was abusive and that she, if she tried to leave, he would come after her. He told her that he understood that she needed to get out, so he acted like he was going to try to find somebody for her. Now, luckily, Muhammad immediately goes to the police to report this. And once he talks to the police department, they ask him if he'd be willing to wear a wire to catch her actually saying she wants to kill her husband. Because they question Muhammad a little bit about who this girl is that he's talking about. And he doesn't know her last name, nor does he know where she lives. So they don't fully believe him or buy his story. However, Muhammad didn't want to leave without making sure they did something about this. And so investigators have Muhammad set up a meeting with Dahlia. And have him tell her that he found somebody to kill her husband and just get her to admit that she wants her husband dead. So they put a wire in his car and a camera in the back seat. And once Dahlia is in the car, she immediately asks if he found someone to do it. He says yes. She asks him how much does he want? What do I need to do? Etc. She 
really is kind of rushing the conversation here, but Muhammad says that he will arrange a meeting with her and this supposed hitman, and everything will work out. So, at this point, police know this is serious. Um, Muhammad is telling the truth, obviously, and they start to build a case. Surprisingly enough, they reach out to the show Cops to see if they want to cover the story. Not sure why this exactly happens. From what I understand, Cops was filming in this area already, and so maybe they just kind of like mentioned this to the producers or whatever, saying, hey, this might be something y'all want to follow us on. But, of course, they jump at the opportunity, too. So, on August 3rd, an undercover cop posing as the hitman drove up to meet Dahlia in a CVS parking lot. It's during this meeting that they come up with the entire plan on how this guy needs to kill Mike. They discuss a fee for the murder. She went over his entire schedule. The undercover cop offers a way that he can do it and the time frame that he could do it. And... And Dahlia says that Mike had just had liposuction surgery on his back, so he's on bed rest. So the two kind of come to an agreement that Dahlia will get up in the morning and go to the gym like normal while her husband Mike is laid up in bed from this surgery that he had. And as soon as she leaves, the hitman will come in, shoot and kill her husband, and the deed will be done. So she's pretty excited about the plan. She asks him, you know, how soon can you do this? But this hitman tells her, look, you've got to be 100% sure you want to do this because after we leave today, we cannot have any communication whatsoever. And I need to know that when you get questioned by police that you won't turn on me. And she says the now famous phrase, I am 5,000% sure. And she even says, nobody will ever suspect that it's me, so we won't get caught. Homegirl was very confident in herself, so the two set the date. August 5th, 2009, Dahlia gets up at 5 a.m. to go to the gym as planned. After she leaves the house, police arrive to the DiPolito home, and that is when they break this horrific news to Mike that um, your lovely wife has hired a hitman to kill you right now. (laughs) They explain everything to him in detail and tell him that he needs to come with them and they're going to make it look like he was killed that morning to set Dahlia up in a lie. So right after they escort Mike out of the home, police step in to set the house up to make it look like a crime scene. Once they get everything set up, they call Dahlia to let her know that an emergency has happened at her house and she needed to get home immediately. At this point, the show cops is filming but they're hidden so Dahlia can't see anything but normal cop cars and crime scene tape outside of her home when she arrives. Dahlia can be seen on camera walking up to the scene, looking confused, trying to figure out what's going on, and two police officers walk up to her and tell her that her husband had been killed. She appears immediately to break down in tears, asking to see him, saying, no, this can't be true, going on and on. I get severe secondhand embarrassment from watching this video, honestly, because everyone at that scene knows she's faking this emotion, and you know she's thinking she's selling it. You know she thinks she's just the best actress in the world. So the police take her to the police station and pretend to question her about her husband's death. They continue on with this this narrative. So they get her back to the station, they question her about her husband's death, asking who could have done this, you know, blah, blah, blah. She 
She said she suspected a mob associate named Pasquale. She continued to fake the tears, pulling her baseball hat down over her face to hide her eyes. And police really let her go on for a little while. Sergeant Paul Sheridan left the room for a minute after letting her tell her story. And he comes back in. This is when his tone changes and he says the game is over. He said, I want to know if you know this guy. And he opens the door to reveal the under the undercover cop that met Dahlia in the car. Now, they do have him handcuffed and they're bringing him in, still making it look like he's a hired hitman. She immediately denies knowing him. She swears she's never seen this guy before in her life. Sergeant Sheridan looked at her for a minute and then said, you're going to jail today for the solicitation of murder. You're under arrest. That guy right there is an undercover police officer. We have filmed everything. She starts crying immediately, like real tears this time, saying she didn't do anything. And the officer tells her, your husband is alive and well. She says, I want to see him. Let me see my husband, please. And he says, nope, he doesn't want to see you. Another officer walks in to handcuff Dahlia, and it was at that point that someone else brings Mike into the doorway of the interrogation room. Dahlia acts shocked and asks him to come here, come to her, and he just says that he can't. It's just amazing that this whole time she's still putting on this act that she had nothing to do with this. They've told her they filmed everything, and at this point, Mike has seen all the footage. They showed him everything when they took him back to the police station while they faked the whole crime scene thing. So during that time, he got to see his wife on videotape saying she 5,000% sure she wanted her husband dead. It's just wild to me that she was still trying to sell the whole idea. So anyway, so this case goes to trial and Dahlia's defense team cooks up this crazy story that Mike was in on this as well. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they claimed that the couple both wanted to be on reality TV so bad that they wanted to do this murder for hire thing just to fake her husband's death in order to be on TV. I mean, first of all, that would be actually insane. And Mike wouldn't be calling the cops on himself in order to be put back in prison. And why would she want to risk going to prison too? Plus, it was also determined that Dahlia had been stealing money from Mike their entire marriage. Mike claimed that Dahlia said she would help pay his restitution payments to the fraud victims in the past. So she told him that he could send her the money in large quantities and she would put her money with that so that he could pay off these people faster. However, it was determined that she had been pocketing that money. So this girl was a pathological liar who had every intention on having her husband killed. In 2011, Dahlia was convicted of solicitation of murder and sentenced to 20 years in prison. Now, that's not the end of it, like you might think. Dahlia's team quickly appealed this conviction, saying that a juror heard about Dahlia's attempt to poison her husband, and they said that was completely untrue and actually ended up getting the case thrown out because of that. And in 2014, uh, the appeals court judge ruled that the jury for her first trial was improperly selected and tossed out the conviction. And she seemingly just walks out a free woman. Now, she faced a second trial in 2016, again charged with solicitation to commit first-degree murder. At her second trial, her defense team 
throughout the reality TV defense. This time, they were accusing the Boynton Beach Police Department of misconduct and entrapment, saying they staged everything just for the show Cops. That obviously wasn't the case. The show Cops had been filming in the area for a while already, and the Boynton Beach Police Department brought this case to their attention. However, the work on the case was very real and not staged in any way for television. With that said, however, the 2016 retrial ended with a hung jury, and a third trial date was set. Now, between the second and third trial, Dahlia was placed on house arrest and had to be monitored by police. However, she also became pregnant and gave birth to a son during that time. Not quite sure how you meet somebody or what kind of guy you would meet while on house arrest, but whatever, that's her business. At the third trial in 2017, a jury finally returned a verdict in just 90 minutes, I might add, convicting Dahlia DiPolito of solicitation to commit first-degree murder. She was sentenced to 16 years in prison. In September 2019, the Florida Supreme Court rejected Dahlia's request for the court to review her 2017 conviction. Her lawyer said in a 2020 interview that they're still fighting. They planned on filing a motion with a federal judge asking that the judge review the third trial for constitutional violations against Dahlia. Um, Not sure what those details would be, but in order to get Dahlia a new trial. Y'all, to me, give it up. This chick is on video with who she believes to be a hitman, saying without a doubt that she wants her husband dead. Serve your sentence and move on. You get 16 years. Yeah, that sucks for you, but you committed a crime. Ugh, that's so frustrating. Just do what you gotta do and go home. But on a positive note, Dahlia has supposedly turned her life over to Christ, so good for her. Her lawyer says that she has been leading a Bible study group while in prison, and she is respected by other inmates in the jail for her faith. He also said that she still gets to see her young son, who is almost five years old now, and his grandmother has been caring for him during this difficult time. Wow, that girl is psycho, to say the least. And Mike was a piece of work on his own, but he definitely did not deserve what all she did to him, and he definitely would not have deserved to die by any means. Anyway, so like always, I would love to know your thoughts about this one. This wasn't a murder case or disappearance like we typically cover over here, so it was just too crazy not to share, so I'm dying to know your thoughts. So head over to the podcast Instagram page, or you can always leave your thoughts about today's episode in a review wherever you can review this podcast. Please also drop a five-star review while you can, and it really just helps me out and helps push the show to new listeners. And just as we're getting into the weekly podcast routine, I do have to unfortunately say that there will not be an episode next weekend because of the 4th of July holiday. I'll be spending some time with my friends and family. I hope you guys are able to do the same. So with that said, I'll be back here in two weeks. So until then, stay safe, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.